Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen Podcast. Today, we are reviewing another amazing episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? We are reviewing Season 1, Episode 11, The Tale of the Dark Music. Ooh. I am Jumby, and as always, I am joined by... Rip, and that is Rip, R-I-P. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, we're reviewing The Tale of the Dark Music. Pretty strong episode. Agreed. Just gonna say. Agreed. Really strong episode. I liked it a lot. A lot of twists and turns. Didn't know what was gonna happen. And I love where it went. It was it was great. <laughs> had some scares, had some intrigue, a whole bunch of creativity, everything I look for in this show. Yes, and it was told by not Betty Ann, but Eric. Yes, Eric, who we have historically always loved. But you know what? This kid's getting on my nerves right now all of a sudden. <laughs> yes, he is. And why and is that? Why is that? Eric's being snooty, as we see in the opening scene for this episode. This episode opens up with the whole gang. Everyone's here, except for Frank. Frank hasn't showed up yet. But we still got Christine. We got Betty Ann. We got Kiki. We have David still existing around here. Um, <laughs> and Gary, we who got is Gary. trying to blow on the fire... And throw some sticks to keep the fire alive and going. Mm-hmm. Somebody what... has to do it. Yep. He's the only Boy Scout. I guess so. So uh, who's missing from this though? Who's missing? You forgot to say Frank. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. So Frank is not there yet. So as Gary is preparing the fire for the night, Frank appears out of nowhere in a fury. He's just like. I kick her out. Like he was, he came out swinging. <laughs> yeah. And he's furious with Eric. And Eric, as always, for some reason, has no fear. He's just <laughs> like, yeah, whatever, kid. It's yeah. fine. And apparently he's mad because Eric and Frank were supposed to walk to the forest spot to meet the Midnight Society together. And Eric just blew him off because of reasons that are unclear. <laughs> he's just kind of being a, a jerk. Yeah. He was straight up and like, Frank's, like yeah. Frank was like, we were supposed to, I was, uh, we were supposed to go here together, and then Erica just rolls his eyes and he's like, I guess I forgot. Mm. I'm like, it's like, wow, what's wrong with you? Like, are you trying to make an enemy? Because you're doing it. <laughs> so, and Frank gets angry, grabs Eric's dad flashlight, and uh, just throws it on the ground. Yeah. To which Eric is just like, that's my dad's flashlight, man. <laughs> and he's like, I'm, you're lucky I don't shut it down your throat, you piece of... And he gets really mad. <laughs> he gets really mad. So everybody's just, you know, at this point, curious, inquiring, why why is Frank so angry? Why are you so angry that you guys are walking, supposed to walk together? To which one of them replies, um, uh, Eric says that Frank lost his flashlight. And that could have been it, but no. Eric is like, and Frank is afraid of the dark. A phrase that we hear a lot in this episode. (laughs) I'd like to point out that he says this to goad Frank, who's way bigger than him, even more. To make him even more furious. And I guess Frank's like, oh man, last, last episode... I didn't realize how cool Eric was. He told a really nice, wholesome story, and he wasn't making fun of me last episode. Maybe he's a good guy, and that's why he trusted him Oof. when he lost his flashlight. And my, my God, what a big mistake! Yeah, <laughs> this kid's this kid's trash. I don't like this kid, but his story was good. But I don't like this. <laughs> as soon as Eric said that um, that Frank is afraid of the dark, Frank wasn't like no i'm not afraid of the dark like 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 if eric had made it up frank 
held back. He's like, oh, I'm not afraid of the dark. And that's how you knew that Frank was afraid of the dark. Something he told Eric in confidence. And Eric just laid it out for everybody here. To which everybody is just like... They started, all got something to say. Yeah, they started teasing him. And like, oh, I guess you're not so not so tough, or are, you, are you? You're not Mr. Tough Guy. <laughs> Betty Ann's on his side. Yeah, She's just like, oh, it's okay to be afraid of the dark. I get scared sometimes, she said without blinking. <laughs> it, was, it was super scary. That was very nice of her. She didn't have to do that because we all yeah. know that that's not true. We don't believe that for a second, Betty Ann. We know that... <laughs> you, you're not like, afraid of anything yeah you live in the darkness the darkness lives with you mm-hmm. uh, when that fire goes out she doesn't see light again until the next meeting <laughs> forget the sun <laughs> like she's mm-hmm. um so frank denies that he's a, he's afraid of the dark um he just wasn't uh he just needed to see the clearing better uh with a flashlight which Eric has. And you know what, though? Like, David is the one who um, vouched for Frank. You think they would be, like, friends? Like, he and mm-hmm. David would hang out? I don't know. I guess Frank let his guard down, started trusting Eric, and then Eric just used that to get some information to use against him. Don't trust Eric. That's what I learned from this episode. <laughs> and... Um, so yeah, Frank is an audience member and a friend. They never trust Eric. Yeah, dude. I love my guard down for sure. That, Mm -hmm. that's like, they didn't even waste time. Like, oh, we gave Eric, uh, Eric some sympathy. We're going to bring it back and turn it up his asshole dial to 10. Mm -hmm. So damn it. If he, he didn't tell a great story. (laughs) So what else happens? Frank gets angry, says, you're going to pay for this. And Gary has to step in, but you know, in a very Gary fashion. Say, like, hey, if you're going to kill him, wait, because he's telling the story tonight. <laughs> um, And then Eric just, like, he couldn't let it go. He's like, oh, my story is about a little boy who's afraid of the dark. <laughs> like, why? Why keep, you're just throwing that little concoction thing into the fire that is Frank's temper. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, Eric says everyone knows that there's nothing in the dark that can hurt you most of the time submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society Eric calls the story the tale of the dark music (laughs) so Eric's tale revolves around a character named Andy Carr (laughs) creative and uh, Andy Carr is a young teenager. Him and his mom, who's a single mom, um, and also his little sister, who's great, Ray of Sunshine, <laughs> they are recently moving to this new neighborhood because unbeknownst to Andy's mom, she had an insanely rich uncle. She didn't realize he was insanely rich. She didn't know much about him at all, really. But... Apparently, he passed away and left everything that he owns on this earth to her and her family. <laughs> Pretty lucky. I that I mean, care to dream. If, if only somebody would just give me a big house that I've never <laughs> met before. Oh, man. Like, I, after this episode, I wouldn't trust that shit at all. I mean, it came with its own special basement. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> it's a perfect place. <laughs> Get rid of your villains. Get what you want. I mean, it's so it's it's great. Yeah. Right, anyway, so they she inherited this house from her uncle, and they're moving in. Andy's helping out. He has already picked up a job as a paper boy, so that's pretty nice. Yeah. And things are going okay. So Andy is delivering some papers after he helped his mom move in, moved all of these boxes. And we like kind of saw a glimpse of his little family unit. He went on his paper route and he started delivering papers. And on his route, he crashed into somebody who's trying way too hard to be the cool kid. <laughs> he crashed into this boy who's wearing all black in the summertime. And he has long hair. He's clearly going for the rocker look. 
of the 90s. Yep, that, the heavy metal look. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were to... Bullies call them in all shapes and si- sizes in the 90s. This one we have long hair, long curly hair, all black, some accessories, um, a t-shirt with a band on it that back then, if you were into heavy metal, you you automatically were assumed to have problems. Mm-hmm. And to top it all off, this guy's name is Coda. Coda jumped in front of Andy while he was doing his paper route, which caused Andy to swerve to try not to avoid hitting him. Um, drop all his Tried papers. Try to. Coda mm-hmm. introduces himself as the neighborhood bully. He, his reason. Yeah. <laughs> he identifies as the neighborhood bully. <laughs> Most did. villains are like, I'm the good guy. This man goes for it, and I respect it. <laughs> Uh, he put his foot on Andy's chest to prevent him from coming up. And he immediately says, don't mess with him. Uh, everybody was happy when his uncle left, uh, well, when his uncle passed away. Um, and now that there's somebody living in the house, Andy has to pay. Andy doesn't understand why. Doesn't make sense. He's never met his uncle. Why is he having to pay? And... um. Coda's just like, I don't care. <laughs> uh, I don't accept you. You don't belong here. Um, you were related to your uncle, so you're just going to get the wrath that was supposed to be served to him. That's it. <laughs> That's all. Really weird motivation for instant hatred, but, yeah. you know, the story has to go on. Classic, uh, c- classic 90s bully. Mm-hmm. So... They are in the house again after this horrible encounter with the neighborhood boy. I'm sure that Andy had enough of the outside, so he went home. His mom's trying to fix the blinds, and they have these white blinds that always fall out, and they're really stupid, and I've had these blinds before. And I really (laughs) empathize with the mom here when I know I probably wasn't supposed to, but it was a very specific frustration that I felt (laughs) in this scene. I hate those blinds. They break all the time. They're hard to replace. They suck. I agree. <laughs> so, yeah, she's struggling with this. And Andy's little sister, Christine, I think her name is. Christina. Christina mm-hmm. is not helping at all. She's kind of, you know, deadbeat. She's just <laughs> sitting there being a seven-year-old or however she is. And Andy is trying to help out as best he can. So the mom wants Andy to go to the basement. Because there's some, like, stuff in there that she wants to check out. And Andy's like, I don't know about that. Kind of dark down there. Yeah. Um, but she needed a Chris- ladder, right? Like, Yeah, she which, needed a ladder. Which is funny to me, and I'll, I'll say why. But she needed a ladder to fix the blinds. But she sent Andy down there because, you know, he's, uh, he's the man of the house now. Yep. Got to be brave. Yeah. Who knows what happened to his dad? I don't. Well, maybe I do. Who knows? Um, so he's sent down there to get a ladder because she's trying to fix those annoying blinds that I mentioned. That's true. And Christina kind of taunts him a little bit. She's like, but are you afraid of the dark? Another time we've heard this phrase. <laughs> Take a shot every time they say, are you afraid of the dark in this episode? I know every time they say it in like the campfire setting. Eric's saying it with like, oh, you're afraid of the dark. And he's staring at Frank. <laughs> and just eating at him and eating at him. And Frank's getting furious. Yeah. So Andy goes down to the basement and he walks down there. He pulls a few cords, switches on a few lights. Um, and he finds this old hunk of junk that kind of looks like a vintage radio. Ooh. So he messes around with the vented radio and he's trying to get it to work. He yells upstairs for his sister. Hey, can you hit the light upstairs? I'd ask mom, but you know, she's clearly very busy. And Christina's like, no, do it yourself. Horrible child. <laughs> um, Straight up, just like just... From, from the top. She's like, do it yourself. She was probably right next to the switch too. Like, no, mm-hmm. you... Do it you yourself. Come up here. Yeah, you come up here and do it. 
I want to think that she's like, do it yourself. And she was looking at her mom when she said it. Because <laughs> the mom's the one who ends up doing it. And it's just like, don't you feel bad, Christina? Terrible. Whatever. Adult perspective. I'm sure it makes sense to kids. Um, so the mom ends up flipping the switch for him. And he's like, thanks. That worked. And some music started playing. It's just like, I don't know, hard to pin down type of music. It's just like elevator music almost. Yeah, like nice. nice Chill music. music. Yeah, nice chill music. So as he plays the music, we see there's this little, I don't know what to call it, this little doorway. A cellar door. Cellar door. Okay. Little cellar door that starts fidgeting and moving about as the music plays. And... As the music continues to play, the door fidgets and fidgets and moves and moves. And then the lock to the door, almost like the door handle, but it's like a more old school type of latch, opens. And the door swings open. And Andy notices, and he looks at it, and he sees the pitch darkness. (laughs) Inside, he just sees these red glowing eyes. And he hears a terribly deep voice say hello andy come on in and andy was obviously terrified yeah he pounced back (laughs) in fear and then he just destroyed the radio i think in a panic to get out of there yeah he just he was just flailing about and the radio fell off (laughs) Mm -hmm. and he ran upstairs to get his mommy So, so back yeah. One important thing to note is that as soon as the radio was smashed, the music stopped. And when the music stopped, the cellar door closed and locked. Mm, this is true. Yeah. It's almost like it. he needs that dark music. It's so weird. Mm. So... The question becomes, does it only come when that specific radio plays? I was thinking that at the time, yeah. We'll see. So we're back at the clearing, at the... Mm-hmm. At, to join the join the Midnight Society. And everybody's there, like, really hooked on the story as we were. Betty Ann is like, ooh, it's like a boogeyman in the basement. I love it. Kiki is just like... <laughs> Kiki's um, it's like, oh, maybe it's the ghost of Uncle Niles. And Gary and Kristen are both like, ooh. And, um, and then Betty Ann's like, hey, Frank, are you okay? But uh, Frank is gone. I guess he's just angry at this point. <laughs> just the rage took over and he left. Uh, yep. Everybody says that they were too engrossed in the story to, um, to pay attention to Frank. <laughs> poor, poor Frank. <laughs> yeah. No one cared. Yeah. Like, I guess he's out. And, like, not even like, oh, he went, well, <laughs> they were like, oh, yeah, he left. Anyway, uh, Eric, how, what else happened? And no one cared, even <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Eric continues the story. And we actually come back to the moment Andy went upstairs to get his mom. We see their. Back at the cellar, they're going downstairs. He has his mom. She's like, something talked to me from the um, from the cellar door and said, "Hello, <clears throat> hello, Andy. I'm coming mm-hmm. to suck your blood." Or something. Which was <laughs> a weird adage because he definitely didn't say that. Yeah, you know, like when you ever did those psychology tests where you saw like somebody steal a purse and then you try to identify Mm -hmm. like okay how do you look like and all that stuff and everybody has like different answers Mm -hmm. that's what that reminded me of he's just inserting like random things into his memory he's just misremembering everything (laughs) so he um so they open the door and his mom has a broom she's ready whatever that is she's like maybe it's just a rat and and he's like oh the rat uh, rats don't talk and then Andy's mom's like thank god <laughs> it's like I don't know what what she thinks rats would has to say but whatever <laughs> and they have to say hello Andy 
Hello, Andy. Come on in. I'll suck <laughs> your blood. Um, so they open it, and she starts cracking up. She's like, Andy, come over here. Andy goes over. Uh, she puts on the light, and it's just a root cellar and nothing more. She's like, oh, those red eyes you saw was just the light. That's all you did. That's the light bulb in this room. The one light bulb and nothing else. Um, and then she's like, what's this piece of trash over here? And he's like, oh, it's this old radio I was playing with. And she's like, oh, of course. That must have been the voice you heard, <laughs> silly goose. Yeah, just open and shut case. Mm-hmm. She did it. She successfully gaslit him into misremembering the demon he saw. <laughs> so, so what else? Um, that was she was just like, all right, well, case closed. Time to get some bed, some rest, and so she goes upstairs. Oh yeah, she's like, oh, let's order some food before Christina, whatever, like, like, um, gets more even more cranky or something. So, what a nightmare! <laughs> how, why is she, how is she raising this child? <laughs> <laughs> with every ounce of patience she has <laughs> so Jeez. so Andy's like takes one last look at the cellar still has this eerie feeling turns off the light closes the door goes upstairs and we transition to the next day and <laughs> this is where we get into a brief glimpse into Coda's life the bully Coda mm-hmm. is scrubbing the porch steps and <laughs> we just see the back of a slightly I won't say overweight this clearly is a dad bod so we automatically mm-hmm. assume this is Coda's dad and we have we see him and he has like flannel pants he's walking up he's eating a sandwich no napkin doesn't care about any of that he's walking up mm-hmm. Like walks over Coda's Coda's scrubbing, and he's like, he's like, yeah, you want an allowance? You better scrub the porch. Like he wasn't already like scrubbing the porch. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, don't give me back mouth back talk. And then Coda immediately is like, yeah, yeah, which is like back talk. So mm-hmm. <laughs> his dad it? is definitely from like the Texas of Canada, wherever that is. <laughs> Texas of Canada. <laughs> That'd be a good poll to have. What is the the Texas, What's the Texas of, Canada? of Canada? The the super conservative red state of Canada. <laughs> Quebec. <laughs> no, I, I doubt it. Uh, no offense to anybody, any Canadians out there. We love you. No, we love Texas. <laughs> that too. Um. So yeah. So typical. He's mean to Andy because his dad is mean to him and he has nowhere to put that angst. So he just... Step into Andy. And then we see, like, Andy is writing down, throwing papers on the porch for his paper route. And Coda is... We see back and forth between that and Coda scrubbing the porch. So we know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's either... Throws it, lands in the bucket, lands on his f- on Coda's face, hitting him, or he hits the bucket somehow and it knocks over all the water onto Andy. I mean, onto Coda. Turned out to be that one. He threw it, hit the door, bounced it. It bounced off the door, hit the bucket, and spilled all over him. All over Coda. My God. We all know what's going to happen now. And he's going to get his butt kicked. He's, that's what Andy knew that was coming. So Andy started peddling. Coda looks right at him. He's like, you're dead. Like, dead. Um. So Andy just pedals his little heart out. I feel like Coda probably could outrun his <laughs> his biking. Just from like from rage, and mm. just Andy's booking it. He finally gets home, throws the bike on the floor. Coda's not that far behind him, and he's freaking out. He goes to the to the door. Door's locked. He has no time to knock or take out his keys. He's screwed. 
Remembers the 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 door to the basement. So he starts booking it there. That's locked too. Koto's right there. I'm gonna get you. He says he pulls with all his might. Finally opens the the cellar door. Gets in. Puts the lock on. As Koda gets there, pulls, and he's like, Mm-mm. "Uh, that's it." Koda's like, "All right, I'm done." <laughs> he gives up really easily. He's just like, "Yep, oh, guess I'll leave." You can't stay in forever. I'll leave now. Yeah. Usually, people say that and they like wait around a bit. Yeah. He just books it home, probably because he knows he's gonna get beat down if he doesn't finish cleaning those stairs. Yeah. So, you know, it just hit me. That sandwich was a metaphor for a beer. <laughs> yep. That was the best they could do. That's why he wouldn't have a napkin. That makes a lot of sense. I'm going to break me open a six-pack of sandwiches. <laughs> that does sound nice. Yeah, actually, I would eat six sandwiches. I'd probably do that today. Nice. I'll be right back. <laughs> so while Jumby's getting his sandwiches... Um, mm-hmm. and he's in the basement, and something something's not right. He hears a little noise, so he has he has the light on. He's looking around, and he hears boo, and the most high pitched of boo you can hear, and his his little sister Christina, she was waiting for him. <laughs> She's giving off major Betty Ann vibes. <laughs> she. Um, he's like, why'd you come down for the ba- to the basement? I told you not to come down to the basement. And then she just gets in his face. She's like, oh, right, because the boogeyman's going to get me? Huh? You made it all up, you little scaredy cat? I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. Christina's not playing. So no. She lives down there. <laughs> and we're back. We're back to the... Um, mom's ready to... to hug. Uh, start building the fireplace <clears throat> mm-hmm. and Christina's playing video games Andy's playing um drawing something on his little notebook and when we get a close up he's drawing the cellar door this is like the beginning of every or like the cl- like the middle of every horror movie involving children like the yeah, like ring they draw the real <laughs> thing just in a childlike drawing oh what picture is this? Oh, it's from my from my invisible friend, Mikey. And then you look at the picture, it's like a fucking devil with horns. <laughs> really? Wow, this is interesting. I'm going to look concerned, but not actually do anything about it. And then they move on with the story. Yeah. Um. So while he's drawing a picture of the cellar door, he, he starts asking him about his great-uncle Niles. And... um. Andy's mom's just like, like the I've known him since I was Christina's age. That was it. That was the only time I met him. He was a strange man, but he was filthy rich, and no one, no one knew why. Like no one knew how he got his money. They just know he was filthy rich, and none of the neighbors liked him. But he lived a long life and died of natural causes. In fact, they found his lifeless body. In the starts with the letter B. We don't know what it is because she stops herself and she's like, "Let's let's talk about something more <laughs> upbeat. Let's change the subject." Mm-hmm. And then she's like, uh, "Chris, can you um, help me with the laundry?" And nothing, no, no word. She's like, "Christina, can you help me with this, the laundry?" And Christina's just glued to the to the TV playing video games. So then she looks at Andy and Andy rolls his eyes. <laughs> um and <laughs> it's why <laughs> it's messed up. Yeah. This kid this is not how you parent. You don't let the kid get away with things like this. Yeah. Especially the younger one. You have to teach them. Yeah. If I was how Andy, to behave. If I was Andy, I would have like turned off the TV, ripped the control out of her. It's like um did you hear your mother? Go. <laughs> but no, Andy's just like, um, 
uh, uh fine like do i have to can you do it she's like andy's mom is like i'm filthy and your sister's sitting there playing her video games you're just drawing a creepy seller come on you can make the time so andy's Unfair. like andy's like all right fine and as he's walking christina finally says something and she's like um i don't know some sassy like don't or like um don't be too afraid of the dark take another shot Mm-hmm. So, Andy's down there. He's um, loading the clothes into the dryer, and he's playing music while he's doing it. You know, he's doing chores, play some background music or whatever, or a podcast, just to ease into the mindlessness of the of the chores. I wonder what would happen if he did play a podcast down there. <laughs> well, would it work? I don't know. <laughs> it'll be us <laughs> hello uh, andy hey. hey it's me andy <laughs> hey andy we're ripping jumpy <laughs> <laughs> come on andy. Uh, that's right we're too we're too good to make a joe rogan joke out of this okay mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um you so know, he's you know. down there listening to music from a old school boombox, it's yellow. That's, that doesn't. That's not enough of any importance. I just haven't seen a yellow boombox in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, old so, school. But Jumby, he's playing music. What does that mean? He is playing music, which means that we're about to get another visit from this being beyond the cellar door. Ooh. So he starts to play music. The cellar door slowly starts to rattle and open up um i think it's in this scene where he starts to like have this it was either the first time he did it or in this scene where he has like a little conversation with the door where he's like i can hear that and the door stops (laughs) and he's just like faking it out but he still continues it could be this because his guard's up Mm -hmm. he's like i heard that and the door stops shaking and then he just like goes about and he keeps playing the the music anyway, even though he knows something's back there. Hmm. So he has his back and forth with the door, but he lets the music play and the door opens. And this time, instead of a creepy demon voice, he sees something somehow even more creepy. (laughs) It is a life-size, blonde, curly-haired, terrifying (laughs) doll. Like a really horrifying looking doll. And it's taller than Andy, off-putting. <laughs> and it just comes out of there, and it's trying to be nice to him, and it's just like, hey, Andy, what's up? I'm a doll. And saying whatever creepy doll things that Come you would expect. play to with me, Andy. Play like with that. me. And you know what? The scary part of this, it's working. Andy's, like, dumbfounded. When I first saw this, like, before I realized that it's, like, hypnotism, I was just like, he's broken. He <laughs> got so scared that his brain has turned off. And now he's just, he's done. Oh, he's shit. ready to accept death. He's mm-hmm. in shock or something. Yeah, he's in shock. I, but little did we know, it's when the doll extended her hand and Andy extended it back to try to grab her hand. This is when mm-hmm. we learned that he uh, he's in a trance. Yes. He is hypnotized. So he's getting closer and closer to locking hands with this creepy nightmare doll. And he gets really close to doing it. But something gets in the way. His mom. Mm -hmm. His mom goes by the door, playfully calls for him. And for uh, plot purposes, she's like, hey, I'm not hearing you. So I'm going to turn off the light to get your attention and um well she not not the light the switch so this switch is the master switch for all the electricity in the basement and when she turned it off the music went off the doll went back closed and the door it screamed it screamed on the way back it was like, <sighs> like <laughs> it was it was creepy and um i like it um uh, eric Reveals to everybody that unfortunately, because Andy was caught in that trance, he doesn't remember anything. 
So, and I love this line. He doesn't remember enough to never go back down there again. He doesn't remember just enough to never go back there. Yeah. <sighs> it's like that phenomenon when you experience a great trauma, like your body kind of makes you forget that trauma a little bit. Like childbirth. People yeah. who give birth don't remember how terrible it was. They're just like, oh, it was fine because their brain won't let them remember because of how terrible it was. Yeah. It's like a phenomenon. It's like something your brain does to cope. <laughs> Happens all the time. So, yeah. Andy was saved this time by his mama. But will he be so lucky next time? Nope, because we're immediately... <laughs> the next scene is him doing more laundry the next day. <laughs> and get out of this basement, really. And... He's doing a mindless chore, so why not play some music? Mm-hmm. And one now instead of... So the door still reacts to the music, but instead of just going along with the music, um, the music begins to change. It goes from some nice rock to uh, circus music. Very... No. <laughs> reminiscent of Zebo. He had this circus music going and I want to bet it's the same music that was playing in the Zebo episode. And I was getting really excited and I can't help but express my disappointment that it wasn't actually Zebo or the actor who played Dr. Vink. I would have took either one. <laughs> um, so I think it was just because it wasn't a Betty Ann story. So he wasn't going to steal. No, it's Betty Ann's property, intelligent property. He can't take that. Intellectual property. Yes, I agree with you. I just <laughs> I still want it. I get I it. I want to be some, that would have been some synergy. Great. So it was not Zebo, but it was something creepy. So there's creepy clown music playing. Doo, and doo, the cellar door. Doo, 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 doo. Just like that. <laughs> So there's creepy clown music playing just like Rip sang. And the door swings open and he sees there's just like a big carnival inside there. Whoa, how much fun. I wish I could be in there. And there's a carnival barker and he's just like, come on, come on, come on in, kids. Super fun in here. You're going to have a blast. He's just saying stuff like that. We all float down here. <laughs> there, it felt like that. <laughs> it felt like Pennywise. <laughs> Is going to pop out at any moment or Zippo or both because, you know, my theory, they're the same character. Oh, that's a good theory. Hmm. Could be true. I'm not sure when Pennywise is supposed to come back after the 80s encounter because it's supposed to be like every 23 years. But you know what? The timing might work. Maybe. If you don't add correctly. That's what happens when he comes back too early. It's like a nice dude, a nice Mm carnival barker, nothing creepy. Doesn't actually eat anybody <laughs> that we know. That we know. We never did see Ouija again. That's all I'm saying. That is true. All right. So back to this story. There's <laughs> the carnival barker who's inside the cellar wall and he's beckoning Andy to come on in. And Andy's once again a little bit hypnotized. So he gets closer and closer. And as the carnival barker gets close enough to touch him, he transforms. Into this bleach white skeleton that has perfect pearly white teeth. And he's just like, what's the matter, Andy? You're scared of the dark? Ah, <laughs> and he's just going crazy. Yeah. I mean, so He was close, and, but then he had to fuck it up and turn into that creepy-ass skeleton. Mm-hmm. If he turned into Zebo, all my dreams would have been <laughs> satisfied right there. I could have went to bed happy. I could have yeah. ended this life happy. <laughs> It was. It would have been so good. He was. It was. Ter- it would have been terrifying. Imagine, Doctor Vink in the Zebo makeup, just in your face. I want to see it one more time. It's so <laughs> good. But anyway, mm-hmm. it tried to suck him into the cellar door at this point. So after the skeleton appeared, he kind of woke up a bit from the trance. He was scared, and he ran backwards, and he grabbed onto the table. And there's just this whirlwind. Sucking everything into the cellar. It's like 
it's like if you burst the whole door in space or something. Like everything's just getting sucked in yeah. to the cellar door. Like a hurricane was in the basement. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. So he's barely hanging on to this table that's apparently nailed down to the floor. So he's not flying out yet. Nope. And then as it's pulling him in, he's grabbing the table and he just just needs to grab something else. So he grabs the boombox. Mm-hmm. Fortunately and then unfortunately, I mean, if this didn't work, because at this point he doesn't know that the, when the music stops, that it that it goes away. Mm-hmm. But he grabs the um the boombox, and it pulls the cord off from the wall. That's when the music stops, and that's when the skeleton just says peace, and the door closes, and that's it. He's on the floor. This time, he remembers everything. He's like, music. Yes. It works with music. He plugs the boombox back in. He gives it a bit of a trial run. <laughs> he puts the song back on, which is not what I would do if I realized there's a music demon in my basement. <laughs> and he sees the door handle rattle, and he's like, oh, my God. Like, I can prove this. I can tell my mom. <laughs> or I could sit on this information. I love that little is- scene. He's just teasing the shit out of the the. The monster. <laughs> he's like, come on, you coming out, kid? Come on, eat me. Ah, unplugged. Yeah. So, you can't eat me. And then him taunting him is actually singing, so he comes out anyway. <laughs> so he finally has proof. Finally, he can show his mom what's going on. And respond to music. He can just bring her down, play the music, and then you know, everything will be revealed. Not knowing that it could possibly put them both in a trance and then, you know, take them. But we'll see. <laughs> so he, so get- he hurries out of that basement. Yes. And he's like, mom, mom, got to tell my mom. Mm-hmm. He gets on his bike. He rushes out to go find his mom because apparently she's somewhere else nearby. And he forgets that he has an arch enemy on this block, Coda, who's out for blood. So Coda ambushes him, punches him in the face. He like stops his bike with his bare hands, gives him a one-two punch to the face, gives him a black eye instantly. You can see the black eye form, like this next cutaway. <laughs> and he's just like, get used to it. This is going to be your life from now on. And he just punches him over and over, and it's it's actually kind of terrible. Yes. Um, he sees a truck coming by, and he picks up Andy's bike and throws it in front of the truck. Which was very bold. Yeah. I was just like, that truck driver should have just beat you up for doing that. You ruined his tires at least. Yeah. But no, that trucker didn't even stop though. Nope. I think I feel like he was asleep. Nah, he was just like, I I gotta get to my next shift. Like or mm-hmm. to the, I gotta drop off this. Um I don't know. Yeah. It sucks. But uh yeah. Okoda doesn't want- care. I want to feel. I part of me believes that like it, his dad drives that truck. And he's just like, as soon as I get home, I swear. <laughs> like he just roll it down. You see what you did to my tires, boy. When I get home, you're dead. You're dead. He just says the same stuff that Coda says. <laughs> so yeah, he destroyed his bike. He punched his face. Andy is not happy right now. No, this is heartbreaking. He's sitting on his porch. With a black um, eye, just threw whatever remains of his bike onto the grass. He's he's in tears. Um, not happy. And then uh, this is when something something comes over him. Something comes over him. He an idea hits his head. He smiles. He knows what to do. He goes to the basement. With a bunch of speakers that look like they were the the speakers were drawn on, <laughs> he starts pl- wiring everything together. Um, make sure that they could play all at once. They're connected to the master switch. Runs upstairs, locks the basement door, um, and then you see him get a brick, wrap newspaper around the brick, put a. Um, I was gonna say banded. Put a rubber band over it, and then he just looks off screen and says, "Howdy, neighbor." 
This kid's ready to kill, man. <laughs> he put a brick in there. You could have murdered him with that alone. Yeah, that, that would have been enough. But he runs. Um, he goes to Coda's home. Coda is scrubbing the porch again. <laughs> and he, all of a sudden you just see the newspaper hit him in the head. Just enough with just enough force to get his attention, but not to do any serious damage. And then Coda looks up, and this is the point where you know that Andy just put all his eggs in one basket. He knows how to control this demon, so he's just banking that it's going to work. Because <laughs> he says this, this. He says, come clean my steps next. You make a good maid. <laughs> Damn. He told you, Coda. Yeah, Coda. Coda's pissed. He's like, mm-hmm. "You're dead again." So, Coda chases Andy all the way home into his backyard. Um, he sees the basement door open, so he's like, "Oh!" He rubs his hands together. He's like, "Oh, this is gonna be it's too easy." Runs in, but then Andy closes the basement door from the outside because he was hiding underneath the door. Closes the door, puts a broomstick in the um, the handles between the two handles. So when Koda tries to push, he's locked in. So he's locked in for sure. And then <laughs> Andy starts talking some shit on the outside, and he runs inside the house because there's another exit to that basement into the house. Yep, and. As Coda tries to escape that other exit, Andy starts talking mad trash, like you mm-hmm. said. And he flips a switch. So he's rigged it so that there'd be loud music once he switches the switch and turns the power back on. So so loud. All, so loud yeah. that you can't even hear Coda scream. Yeah. Really loud. Coda's covering his ears. It's loud rock music, which... Apparently, he's a big poser because he's not used to that kind of thing. He's covering his ears. <laughs> ah, it hurts. Like, what kind of rocker are you? You're supposed to love this stuff. I guess not. And the cellar door swings open. We don't get to see what comes out of it. But whatever it was, it made this bully cry. And he screams and he's like, ah. And it zooms into his mouth as he screams, which is weird. And then all of a sudden... He's not screaming anymore. And Andy from the other side is like, you le- you learned your lesson yet, Koda? You had enough? And I'm just like... I'd, l- <laughs> I'd love to know what's going through this kid's <laughs> mind. I was like, I think you left it on a little too long. <laughs> and uh, Did you not expect anything bad to happen when you sick a demon on him? So Andy turns it off, walks downstairs... Calls for Coda, but he doesn't see Coda. What he does see is a brand new bicycle. That wasn't oh a boy. surprise gift from his mom. He didn't just buy this bicycle. It wasn't Christina's. Nope. Mm-hmm. And I think Andy started putting everything together. So he puts the stereo on again, quietly. And the door glows blue. Mm-hmm. Open slightly, and we hear whatever's inside start speaking to Andy, like, like normal, like he's satisfied. And he says, "He says, Andy." I'm gonna paraphrase. He <laughs> says, "Andy." You did good, kid. (laughs) Coda was delicious. All you have to do, Andy, is feed me. You like that bike? You liked getting these new things? All of this and yours is yours. Anything you want can be yours. Just like with your uncle. I made the same deal. As long as you feed me, Andy, everything you want will be yours. And then Christina is just like choosing this moment to yell like, Hey, doofus, Andy, you idiot boy. You want to come upstairs, little baby boy who sucks? (laughs) And then after Andy made this deal with the devil, he like kind of smiles at the camera really sly, insinuating that he's like, 
I know who my next victim's gonna be, and I'm getting a pony. <laughs> but like, I love the shot of this because he has the black eye while he's smiling. It's like mm-hmm. I went through some shit and I finally got my victory, and I know what to do with this. <laughs> what a twist ending here! Yeah. You never really ended on the good guy became a bad guy. Like I didn't expect that at all. Yeah, yeah, that's how. That's how the house keeps getting fed. I mean, that's it. Mm-hmm. You just whatever. So, um, so the story ends, and then you see Kristen's face, who's very scared because she has a similar name to the little sister in the story, and she's like, uh, "Did Andy feed his own sister to the monster?" Eric's like, "No, nah, he didn't, but he made sure she never bothered him again." He, he locked her down there, flipped the <laughs> switch, and he's like, all right, did you learn your lesson? What are you still doing here? Get upstairs. Whatever. <laughs> Guess he didn't want you. <laughs> like, it sucks her in, and then, like, a couple minutes later, just spits her back out. It's like, all right. I'm fed up. <laughs> um, So the meeting ends. Uh, Gary declares this meeting of the Midnight Society over. He throws his, he throws water on the fire, and now everything's pitch black. Frank is, Frank left. Frank is gone, uh, but he still has Eric's dad's flashlight. Eric is mad because now he doesn't have a flashlight, and his dad's probably gonna beat his ass. <laughs> um, uh, child abuse is not funny. Nope. But uh, um, now he has to wait until Frank comes back uh, to give him his flashlight. And then he's like, uh, Kristen, do you want to wait with me? And then she's like, what's the matter, Eric? Are you afraid of the dark? And then we, we all took a shot. <laughs> and then she just leaves. Um, Eric, of course, is like, nah, I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm not afraid. He starts singing it, right? <laughs> I'm not afraid of the dark. Yeah. So that we, uh, Jumpy and I took three shots back to back. And then all of a sudden, Frank just comes out scares him eric books it and he shines a light over his face and he's like paybacks are sweet <laughs> of all the the lines to say like eric kept saying i'm not afraid of the dark i felt like frank could have come up with a more clever clever line than paybacks are sweet but you know i mean he breaks the fourth wall to say that line <laughs> he could have said anything like I guess he is afraid of the dark, you know. Or he could have just stared and said the title of the whole series, like "Are you afraid of the dark?" Like, <laughs> and then that's it. Lights lights a match and blows it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's the end of the episode. Um, Some interesting tidbits about this episode: the girl who played Christina, the horrible sister, mm-hmm. that was apparently the lonely ghost. Like, oh, the the girl who played the lonely ghost. That's cute. That is pretty cute. The game Christina was playing was Donkey Kong. That's another fun tidbit. (laughs) At least the music was Donkey Kong. Mm -hmm. And apparently, according to this list of trivia, it's Eric's last story. Yes, this is his last story. What What do you mean? He's only had two stories. There's five seasons of show left. (laughs) Oh, man. But that's, that's the... Like, that was a good story to go out on. Let's be fair. It was, but it's like, it's almost your first story. Because <laughs> your first story was just like your grandpa's story or whatever. Well, he did have that half story. That was pretty good. <laughs> Eric came in swinging and then left. Yeah. <laughs> Does this mean we're not going to see Eric again? Or is he just going to be there and be quiet? It would be funny if all he did, he just remained in all five seasons, never told the story again, but just kept talking shit. Mm-hmm. He's just like, hey, Frank, you idiot boy. And Frank's <laughs> just fuming the whole time. But yeah, this was Eric's last story. He, um, we, uh, yeah. That was a good story to go out on. The Leprechaun was- story was good. But unfortunately, we don't have enough story to make like connections with it. Like, yeah, and it was a very unique case because he's retelling his grandfather's favorite story, while this one is a wholly original 
Eric tale. Yeah. Where he pulled a lot from current events where he's like, oh, and there's a bully. And you know what? The guy who's getting bullied actually kills his bully. Right, <laughs> Frank? That's what happens to bullies. You kill them. Like, <laughs> Even though he was, uh, he was the bully in that scenario. <laughs> it's true. I guess. Um, but yeah, very good story to end off on. Um, I, I don't remember the story actually. I I know I, it wasn't the first time I watched it, but that that definitely felt um like fresh. Yeah, fresh, fresh in my mind. I, I don't remember it either. I really don't. I don't know if I've seen this because I haven't seen a lot of episodes. I just seen tidbits here and there when I was younger, like all the time, but maybe some of the same ones over and over. <laughs> this is definitely not one of them. And I liked it. Uh, the The doll, I don't know if we did it justice, but it was it was very scary. <laughs> that doll legitimately scared yes. me the first time it came on that screen. That was really good. And we haven't said it in a while, but <laughs> Are You Afraid of Dark really does well with... Um, Practical. Just the, the costumes. You know, mm-hmm. like the set designs and everything the deep voice i liked i just like the simplicity of it <laughs> hello andy come on in <laughs> like i just it's creepy in in a good way even the doll's voice was creepy like you know come play Fair. with me it was it was odd the, the skeleton was great <laughs> yeah that was campy i loved it it's like you take you took a small thing like a basement or like a cellar in a basement and they did so much with it like mm-hmm. that was pretty cool that was pretty creative i can't write something better i guess so yeah it was really good yeah i wouldn't change anything about this would you no nah, i don't well yes i would actually Oh, Carnival okay. Barker is played by Dr. Vink. <laughs> and he turns in not into a skeleton, he mm-hmm. turns into Zebo. That would have been that be perfect. Awesome. That would Other been than awesome. that, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it too. It, it definitely it's a, it's on it's on my top. I don't it doesn't replace Zebo for me. Zebo always just will always have that aura. But it yeah. it's up there. Especially this season, this is definitely number two. For this season, I would have to agree. I would have to agree. This is definitely number two. I liked it a lot. <laughs> just for creativity alone and maybe just the twist ending. Yeah. Just like I like. Like it could have been like he tries to stop it and then it, the house is forever cleansed. Nah. He's just like, oh, I'm going to be the new Uncle Niles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm leaning into it. I don't care if he got his comeuppance. I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. But yeah. Um, very good. Very good. I'm happy with mm-hmm. that story. Me too. Wouldn't change a thing. Except for, yeah. <laughs> what you said. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. That doll's creepy. Would you leave Christina the same? Just a little bratty sister. Yeah, she was an important story detail. Just for that ending part, the the whole like, is he gonna sacrifice her or not? <laughs> like, because you can understand because she's so terrible. Like that that was a good story device, yeah. even though I hate her. <laughs> um, yeah. How would you do it in today's society? Like, because you can't plug anything in. Usually, people play play it off of their phone. Mm-hmm. very similarly i guess we couldn't do the big save of the like grabbing the boom box and unplugging it um you'd replace it with like the phone battery dying or something like that mm, true you can do a lot of the same scenes you just have to be creative with it yeah or like uh just those uh bluetooth speakers yeah <laughs> just have it like for some reason it just it knocks out the router in the in the basement, so it doesn't can't connect anymore. <laughs> or it could just be too far away. Like the phone's upstairs, but he brought the speaker with him. Yeah. And if he like puts it a little too far this way, it's out of range. <laughs> but yeah, like at a certain point, it's like, oh man, I can't get any signal down here. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Wi-Fi. 
I don't Something have like no data plan. <laughs> if they remake it, they should definitely set it in the 90s. I, I don't want to yeah. deal with phones. <laughs> phones are in every story ever. He's at the piece like calling for help on a payphone. He has a beeper. <laughs> beeper is pushing it. That's a, that's the most advanced I'm going to let him get in these shows. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't make a modern day one. It, it, yeah, that would be a little bit difficult. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, any last words, Jumbie? Are you afraid of the dark? Beautiful. <laughs> Paybacks are sweet. <laughs> it just, that reminds me of, uh, Dan Harmon's, uh, now you, now you see me, right? The movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just have you seen it mm-hmm. uh, not the movie uh, Dan Harmon's rant no the rant yeah I've seen oh yeah it's so great <laughs> if I were to make a sequel of it he, he said he lists a whole bunch of things and at the end he's like and it'll be called <laughs> and now you don't <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so great <laughs> thank you for joining us on another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen the podcast that talks about Are You Afraid of Dark for over an hour. And we love every second of it. Join us again where we, we when we review another episode of Are You Afraid of Dark. Hope you all are enjoying the content we got out there. We, of course, are enjoying all of you for listening to us. And we appreciate you. And with that, we will bid you a good night. Goodbye, Eric. Goodbye.